Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. So welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about credit score and the ways that your credit score can affect your overall financial life. Your credit score, in a way, is not going to help you necessarily create or build wealth, but it will help you save money, which then that extra money can go back into your pocket, and then you can use that money to build wealth or to help manage your finances to go towards other things. And so today, to help me kind of talk about credit score, I have Marie Davis from Consumers Professional Credit Union. So Marie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. I guess, what does CPCU do? Kind of, can you tell us a little bit about the history of CPCU? So people who maybe aren't familiar with Consumers Professional Credit Union, that they know a little bit about uh, the credit union and then a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I've had the privilege of working with CPCU for, I don't even want to say how long, but more than 15 years. And we are a credit union powered by real people. We serve almost everyone in mid-Michigan. And We really are passionate about helping people achieve their financial goals. We try to have products that work for young people to retirees, you know, any anywhere they are in their walk of life. So it's a great credit union. I have the best job in the world because I get a deal with people and money. And you're right about credit scores. People worry about their credit. I I don't want to say obsessed, but some people obsess about their credit score. And a credit score is not the ultimate measure of financial well-being, but like you said, it can help a lot and it can also hurt if you don't have a good one. Exactly. So I guess one common question that I get when I talk about CPCU is, is it affiliated with Consumers Energy? And then what's the story there? So we were originally started by a group of Consumers Energy workers and we had a closed membership. You had to know someone or work at Consumers Energy, be a family member. And like all credit unions, we've evolved over time. We're celebrating our 70th year, which is awesome. Makes me feel a little younger. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've evolved and we now have a community charter. So now we can serve anyone who lives in 23 counties in mid-Michigan. Okay. So we still have a lot of Consumers Energy people, but we also have teachers and doctors and students and blue-collar workers, everybody. Okay. And then where are you guys located branch-wise? So our headquarters is in Lansing. Then we also have Battle Creek, Eaton Rapids. And in July, we're going to have a branch in Saginaw, which we're very excited about. That's awesome. Grow on. That's the big thing. Yes. Kind of going back to your credit score and talking about that, what are some stories that you've seen when you're you're meeting with members or potential members? How does the credit score kind of come into the picture for them? Is is it? Because I know I've met with some people that seems like they were really good on on paper when it came to assets and all that kind of stuff, but then they show me their credit score and it's like, whoa, holy smokes, that didn't that didn't add up. And then I've also seen the vice versa, where again someone had great credit score, but then you look at maybe their assets and it's like well there's something there's something that doesn't add up here you know so what we see a lot of is um a credit score is really a mathematical algorithm that was developed as a tool for lenders to use to determine how risky are you how likely are you to repay us as a lender 
in the next two years based on what's been reported to the credit bureau. Credit bureaus are for-profit companies, which is great. We live Mm -hmm. in America. We like for-profit companies. Um, And credit scores have evolved, and now regular people, consumers, can have access to their credit score. I'm not sure they really need that because they're not a lender. It's a tool the lender can use. But what we're seeing, so there's so much I could say about that. What we're seeing is people will come in and they'll say, hey, my credit score is, you know, 795. Great. That's a great credit score. Mm -hmm. How do you know that? Oh, I have an app. You know, and there's several apps that you can get and it'll tell you your credit score. It's not the same score that a lender will see. So oftentimes people are shocked when they tell us, oh, my score is 795. When we pull a credit bureau and we pay for the score as a lender, the score we see could be as much as 25 to 50 points different than the score you're seeing. Right. Sometimes it's the same, mm-hmm. but it's really a tool for a lender to use. It can tell you how you're doing compared to other people like you, but sometimes, just what you said too, sometimes we see someone that has a great credit score and we still have to deny their loan because their debt to income ratio is too high. Right. They don't have enough available income to repay us. Even though their score is really good and that's something we can look at, they have to have enough income to repay the loan too. Right. Okay. Now, what's the the range when it comes to a credit score? So, if there's not an if you haven't if you're young or even if you're older and you've never borrowed money from someone that reports to the credit bureau, you will have a no score. And a no score is not bad. A no score means you're an unknown to a lender. Right. We don't know how you're going to repay a loan because you don't have anything reporting. Right. Um, so no score, and then they range from about three hundred usually up to about 850, although recently we've seen one model that goes up to 900. Okay. <laughs> we've never seen a 900 score that we've pulled, but apparently it could go that's, that high. That's possible. So you mentioned the credit bureaus. What are the three main credit bureaus? So there's uh, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian are the okay. three major ones. And they all have different calculations when it comes to calculating the credit score, correct? Correct. They don't disclose their proprietary formula. In general, we know what goes into the score, mm-hmm. but they don't, they all use a little bit of a different algorithm and they calculate, like I said, educational scores for consumers and then scores for lenders. They're usually pretty close, but sometimes right. they are different. Okay. Now, what are some things that make up the credit score that are kind of in the algorithm and the ways that they calculate that, that credit score? So the number one factor in your credit score is your payment history. Do you pay your contractual obligations on time? And so that would be money that you've borrowed, such as a credit card, a car loan, a mortgage, sometimes rent, sometimes not. You know, with young people, that's really important. You're paying rent on time every month. Ask your landlord, do you report to any of the major credit bureaus? Sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Right. Cell phone is another one. That's usually young people's biggest expense after a car loan, if mm-hmm. they have a car loan. And uh, cell phone is not a contractual obligation. 
that's just a monthly bill, like a utility. And you could be paying that on time every month, which you should, but that's not going to impact your credit score. Okay. And then some other ones would be like outstanding debt, which if you had multiple lines of credit, so if you have different types of loans, whether that's a credit card or a mortgage or a car loan, even just a random loan, whether that's for like jewelry or something like that, that can also be on your credit score as well. And then also the big one that I've seen and I'll run into with with some people is the the length of their credit history. I know I ran into that as an issue when I was in college. I I was pretty proactive, got a credit card when I was pretty early in college. So I started my credit score then and was doing fine. But actually my first length of history was a student loan. And I was lucky enough that I took out a small loan at the beginning and then Right before I graduated, I had some extra money uh, that I had saved, so I paid off the loan. Well, to my surprise, my credit score went down. <laughs> and <laughs> I went to one of my college professors at the time, and I'm like, what the heck? Like, how does this make sense? I paid off my debt, and now my credit score goes down? And But he kind of explained to me the, the length of history when it comes to your credit score and sometimes that's really important that your first line of credit is something that you're going to keep for a very long time. And so I usually recommend usually some type of a credit card that's with your main bank or credit union that you plan to be with for, for a very long time. So you can keep that. And that my credit card that I had when I was a beginner, I still have uh, for that reason. And you know, that <laughs> is a tricky thing, Connor, because we have people trying to improve their financial situation. And maybe they had a lot of credit cards and they worked hard to pay them off. And they'll always ask, should I close it? Oh, this is why they call it personal finance Mm -hmm. because you know you. If you have the discipline to keep those cards and not use them, but remember you have to keep track of it too to make sure that they're not being used fraudulently or there's not an annual fee or something, a lot to keep track of. So sometimes it makes sense to keep a line of credit open, and sometimes it makes sense to close it. It may impact your score a little bit when you close it, but your score will come back up by everything that's reporting. Right. Yeah, I know usually the example I give or the advice I give is if they're going to be looking at purchase, making a major purchase here very soon, uh, if that's buying a house or buying a car, well, don't close a line of credit and lower your score because that's going to affect your rate when it comes to those loans. It might make sense if you've just bought a house or just bought a car and you don't plan on making a major purchase for maybe a year or two to then close that line of credit. That's when it would make sense. So that's usually the advice I give there, but it, it really is personal finance. It really depends um, on each person. So, so kind of looking at an, another thing that I would say is another big thing is is a hard inquiry or a soft inquiry? Uh, can you explain that a little bit? Yes, and people are always worried about this too. Sometimes you'll hear them call it a ding. Is that going to be a ding on my credit? You know, when you open an account at the credit union, generally speaking, we will pull a credit bureau for you and they'll say, is that going to be a ding, meaning a hard inquiry? The amount of credit that goes into the amount of new credit, that portion of the credit score, which is about 10% or so, a hard inquiry is from a lender. A soft inquiry could be from a marketer or um, 
an insurance company, you're not applying for credit, but they have a right to look at your score to assess risk and what price they're going to charge you. So there's hard pulls and there's soft pulls. Now, one nice thing, the algorithms at the credit bureaus will lump together the like type purchases. So if you're shopping for a car and you went to a dealer, the dealer might shoot your information out to five or six places for a car loan. The credit bureau says, oh, you're looking for a car loan. Okay, this is all the same loan. It's gonna end up in one loan. So for about, you have a 30 day window about mm -hmm. to shop for a car or shop for a mortgage. And it will only count it as one hard pull, even though right. five or six places may have pulled it. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes even with mortgages too, especially if you are in a longer drawn out process where it might take you months to find a house, they will usually accept the first pull that they had to make when it comes to the mortgage. So if they pulled it on the first time and it was 740, but then, you know, they had to pull it a couple months later and then it's 700, well, they would have accepted that 740 rate, even though your credit did get dinged twice. So I know that's something that usually happens too. Right. And the other thing to keep in mind is when a lender looks at your credit score, they also see your credit report. And on your credit report, it will show who all has viewed your credit history. And the lender can see. So most of the time, they're not going to be concerned if they know, oh, you were you bought a car six months ago. I can see mm -hmm. dealers looked at your score. What would concern a lender would be if we saw in a short period of time, oh my gosh, Connor, you went out and you applied for a car loan and you were getting married, so you applied at a jewelry store and oh yeah, you're thinking about buying a house, so you applied for a mortgage and a department store card because you're gonna have to buy stuff for your new house and mm -hmm. you're gonna need a credit card. If we saw a whole bunch of inquiries, we might think, oh my goodness, this person is out there waiting to get into debt are they gonna be able to repay us if we give them a loan too? Mm -hmm. So sense. a whole bunch of inquiries at one time, I would avoid that, right? you know? But like type inquiries for a mortgage, for a car, that's okay, that's different. Right. And it should match your report, it should match your story. You know, if that matches your story and you're telling us what happened, that is gonna make sense. Right. I think the best analogy you can give when it comes to like your your credit score is like a financial resume. You think of a resume that you give to a job, you've got your your employment history, how long you were there, and then usually that comes along with some kind of recommendations or three people that they can call, and it's the same thing when it comes to your FICO score. And so how long you've been at these different lines of credit, how well you've paid them, how well you uh, were with that one lender, all those things go into your report. It does. And it really does tell your financial story. So as a lender, CPCU looks at your score because we're allowed to look at that. And we look at your report because it does tell your story. And so sometimes people will come and apply for a loan. And let's say they've gone through a divorce. And sometimes that can be devastating financially. Mm -hmm. They changed jobs, they had to move, they had to, you know, they had to pay for some things with a credit card. We can see that on their report. And then we can see that, but now things are going better. I'm making on time payments, things are stable. And we can look at that and your score. 
and we can help that person. I think that's important because some larger institutions use just AI. Yeah. You know, they just use software and they look at your score. They don't look at your story. And that's why your credit score is important if you're applying mm -hmm. someplace like that. Right. Because they aren't going to look at your story. But I like your analogy. Mm -hmm. It is kind of like a financial resume. Right. So I know we've talked a little bit about people who are maybe didn't have a credit score. I think it's important to to clarify kind of what happens when you take out your first line of credit. Let's say you go out and you get your beginner credit card. You have six months of basically a track record history, and that's how they will give you your first credit score after six months. So if you missed a payment, that kind of a thing, it's it's going to look at like under a magnifying glass. And you're going to probably come out, usually on your first round of your credit, will be anywhere between 500 and 700. It kind of just, it varies. But if you make good on-time payments, you keep your debt limit low, you usually are going to come out a little bit better than if you ran that up a little bit and then maybe missed a payment. Right. Missed payments are a big thing or late payments. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like uh, your grade point average in school. You know, if you start out good and you have all A's and you're doing great, if you all of a sudden get an F, it's going to knock you down some. You're going to have to work hard to get it back up. Same right. thing with the credit score. I think another thing to be aware of is collections. Collections, if you end up in collections, that gets reported to the credit bureau too. But if you're a young person just starting out, making those on-time payments is the number one thing. Right. Now, I mentioned debt limit. What is usually the debt limit that where it doesn't affect your credit score negatively? Like a debt ratio? Yes. Okay. Like if you, like, let's say I had to explain this to somebody more recently, they had a credit card and their limit was pretty low compared to maybe like a credit card that you've had for a longer period of time. And they had even just bought gas that, that month and just put it on their credit card. Well, gas was pretty expensive, you know, <laughs> during that period. So they almost went up to the limit and they were like, oh, I paid it off. Well, if you ran it to that next month, technically you were over that percentage of, of your limit. And around 40% is that is that mark for most credit cards or most loans, where if you're above that percentage, it's going to ding your credit score that your limit's too high. Right. And, you know, as a conservative lender, I would say 30 percent, mm -hmm. you know, available credit. If you have a thousand dollars available to you, if you can keep the credit that you've used on your credit card to about three hundred dollars, that shows a lender that you have self-control, that you have a thousand dollars available. But I'm only going to use this much. That's a good thing. You know, right. 30 to 40 percent. Mm -hmm. One of the things we'll see on credit reports is um, ratio of balances too high compared to the available limits. Yeah. And that means that you've borrowed all the way up 90%, 100% of the credit that was available to you. It's okay. It's mm -hmm. allowable. We let you do that. But what we're looking for is, again, how likely are you going to be able to repay us if we give you another loan? Right. So. And generally speaking, the best thing to do financially, of course, you would recommend this, mm -hmm. is pay your balance in full every month. Right. Don't carry that yeah. balance because then you can borrow all the way up to $1,000, pay off $1,000, you get an on-time payment, you get the 
available credit back down to 100%, that is gold mm -hmm. with a credit score. Exactly. Yep. Uh, being out of debt is the number one key to success when it comes to building wealth. So know that. It's not to say that you can't be in debt at any point in time. It's just getting out of debt will allow you to, to get to your goal faster. So let's switch gears a little bit. So now we've talked about somebody who's maybe never had a credit score to somebody who's maybe got a couple lines of credit, whether that's one or five. Maybe they're not at the rate that they would like to be at or the score that they would like to be at. What are some ways that they can increase their score? That is a great question. Many, many people want to improve their credit score. So the number one thing is on-time payments. Make on-time payments on things that are reporting to the credit bureau and types of credit. So lenders really like to see revolving credit, which is a line of credit, such as a credit card, and then a consumer loan, such as a car loan, or maybe a motorcycle loan or a boat loan, you know, something that starts at a certain amount, it's going to be paid off mm -hmm. over time. It doesn't keep going like a credit card. But the on-time payments is the number one thing. And then don't go open up a bunch of extra lines of credit. When you look at the calculations, 35% of it is based off of your payment history. And then 30% is your credit owned. So kind of what types of credit you got. 15% is the credit length. So like we were talking a little bit, if it's worth keeping a credit card open or a line of credit open, it's only 15% of the calculation. So again, it's not going to ding you as much as like a payment history. And then the credit mix is about 10%. And then a ten, another 10% would be any new credit that you added to your, to your mix too. So that's important just knowing, hey, the credit that is owned and that is paid is 65% of what your, your score is calculated at. So that's really important to know. And then I always wanted to talk a little bit about what your credit score will help when it comes to your finances and what can it affect. So we talked a little bit about your credit card. So it's going to affect what interest rate that you're going to get on your credit card. Some cards will have a base rate, but based on your credit score, it might go up or down based on that rate. And and I know Marie's probably seen this too. There's credit cards that are, you know, 8, 9, 13%. And then there's in the 20s and almost 30% range too. And going even higher yes. in the economy that we're in. <laughs> yes. So yes, the, your credit score in Michigan lenders can use it because remember it's a tool for lenders to use that's what it was originally created for but it is a statistical model of risk so it can also in michigan affect the rate you pay on your insurance mm -hmm. your car insurance and sometimes it's fun to have a debate about this because what does the way i pay my bills have to do with the way i drive why does this why do you think if i have a low credit score that i am a more risky driver we could, we could debate mm -hmm. about that, right. but under the law in Michigan, they can use that to determine the amount you pay on your car insurance. So, and insurance is expensive. Mm -hmm. So it's good to, if you can, have as good a credit score as possible, pay those bills on time, get that good score. Right. Some employers can also look at your credit score. Um, if your job, and usually they're jobs that are high paying jobs, over $100,000 a year for corporations that are going to put you in charge of 
funds Mm -hmm. and money. money money right and so they are going they are allowed to look at your credit score as a factor in employment most places no but some do And that's just because if you're in financial trouble and they're giving you access to funds, Mm -hmm. is that a smart choice? Again, it's risk there. Right. About risk. Yep. Uh, And then the big ones too, that it's going to affect are mortgage rates and then car loan rates. And and today's interest rates being very high, that can be a very big difference in in the rate that you're going to get when it comes to your mortgage loan and your car loan. That would be the biggest thing advice that I would give is, especially if you're young, to start being proactive on making sure your credit score is, is as good as it can be and continue to make sure that that continues to climb. So that way, when you do go to buy your first house or maybe you're looking at your second house, that your credit score is as good as possible to get you the best rate. I agree with that. And here's another thing that people should remember, especially younger families that are looking at buying their first house. If they get married, we hear this a lot. Well, I'm getting married and my credit score is low, but my fiance, his credit score is whoo-hoo. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Your score is your score. Your fiance's score is his score. And your scores do not become one when you get married. Yeah. The two of you become one when you get married, but your scores stay, stay separate. Right. So that's important to know too. Um, mortgage lenders will often be able to blend your scores to determine your rate or take the person with the higher score. So we get asked that a lot. The last thing I want to hit, and and we talked about this a little while ago, if you, if you remember, but was more of like the predatory loans. And I'm sure you guys have seen this all the time. I know we talked about it a little bit. And I even kind of fell into that a little bit. It was back when I was looking for an engagement ring for my wife I went to, of course, a bunch of different jewelry stores, looked at all the different rings and all that kind of stuff. And at that time, they were running like this special deal. It was basically a 12-month loan, they called it. I, they, they said it was basically going to be a loan. It wasn't going to be a line of credit, which, of course, they lied to me. It was <laughs> a line of credit. Surprise. Which, yep. And But it was a 12-month interest-free period, but they the limit was the amount of the ring so immediately my credit score is just getting hit and hit and hit even though i don't pay interest but because i was over that uh, limit ratio of that 30 40 percent we talked about earlier my credit score was getting hit so immediately i had to i paid pretty much all of it off because it was just destroying my credit score which really ticked me off because they pretty much lied right to my face. They told me it was a loan, which it wasn't. It was a line of credit. And then in turn, the limit was right at the exact amount that my the ring was. So I got hit there too. And, you know, you're a smart guy. Mm-hmm. It happened it to me happens, too. It happens, right. Yeah. It happens to smart people because marketers, marketing people are geniuses. They... Mm-hmm sell you something and you think it's one thing and it's something else. So it is important to really ask questions, slow down, read the terms, really understand before you agree to the loan, which Mm -hmm. is hard when you're excited about an engagement ring or a car. And I will say this about car lenders too. You hear this a lot. This is one of my pet peeves. No credit, bad credit, Come see us. They lump no credit with bad credit together. No credit and bad credit are two separate things. 
No credit, you're just an unknown. Bad credit means you have not repaid people the way you agreed to repay them. Right. Two separate things. That's one thing I appreciate at CPCU. We understand no credit. Everyone has to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple of products for people in that category. Right. And we do, sometimes we are able to help people that have bad credit rebuild their credit. So that's a good thing too. Okay. So kind of dig a little bit more deep into that. I know the big thing that you guys have is, is kind of more of a beginner credit card. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, we do have, it's called Your First Rewards Card, and it has a low limit. It's $500. And as long as you have income and you've never had a credit card or a collection on your credit report, uh, we can approve you for this card. And we report to the credit bureau, so it starts to build your score with very little risk to you because it's only $500 and little risk to us too. Right. But the benefit to you is it reports to the credit bureau. It starts to show your history, um, which is really a good thing for a young person or a first-time borrower. The other thing we have is if you are looking to buy a vehicle and you have never had a car loan before or a credit card. You don't have a score. We don't know how you're going to repay us. So, but we don't lump you together with bad credit people. Mm -hmm. We just don't know. So, if you have income to support the purchase and the value is there in the car, we can give you a blended rate. It's not our highest interest rate and it's not our lowest. It's somewhere in the middle. And then, after nine to 12 months of making those on time payments on your car loan, we can talk about refinancing because by then you'll your score will have gone up. Right. Okay. So No, I think that's good. And then just going again, going back to the analogy of your financial resume, there's you can tell on someone's resume if they don't have much experience, so they're the unknown, versus somebody who's got a, a resume with a bunch of two month employments that you could probably put it together that they're probably not going to be the, the best worker. Uh, and then in this case, being a financial report, you can tell that they're not going to be able to repay that, that loan. And then another thing I wanted to add is that the more extra things, especially on a credit card, hey, I've got 5% that will go from dining that will go to my card and these different rewards, the more rewards that you have on there is going to equal a higher interest rate on your on your credit card. Very, very rarely do you see all these great rewards and then your interest rate's really low. They're, they're paying for that those rewards through people who aren't very good with money and they got into debt and then they're charging a high interest rate to pay for those rewards. So I remind people of that because that's one big thing. They say, why would I, why would I use my debit card or cash if I can use my credit card that's got this great rewards? Well, if you're not great with money, then you're going to fall into the trap that these other people did that are paying for all these great rewards for the people who are good with money. So that's one thing I'll throw out there. It's again, it's personal finance. And if you're good with money, then, then yes, it does make maybe make sense to use the card with rewards, but know that don't pick a credit card just because of the rewards, because it might be in turn worse for you when it comes to the interest rate. That's true yeah. because the lenders have to pay for that rewards point mm -hmm. program somehow. Right. So, you know, free isn't free. No. It's a crazy mixed up world. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, I will share this tip too. There's lots of websites where you can go 
and find out about credit credit scores. And the government made a website available, annualcreditreport.com. Not freecreditreport.com. Free is not free. Mm -hmm. It's a crazy mixed up world. Annualcreditreport.com is a site you can go to, and once a year you can get a copy of your credit report from each of those major credit bureaus. This is important. It's not your score, it's your report. You wanna make sure that everything that's reporting under your number is you. It's a quick way to fight identity theft. If someone has stolen your social security number and opened credit that you don't know about, of course they're not gonna pay it back and your score's gonna go down. You might not know that, for a long mm-hmm. time. So experts say go to annualcreditreport.com on your birthday when we turn the clocks back and when we spring forward. One okay. of the bureaus each of those times. Don't pay for your score. You're not mm-hmm. a lender. You don't need to know what your score is. Just get that report. Make sure everything is yours. I think that's important because a lot of people just look for their score and that doesn't always equate to your report. Correct. They're two different things. So, no, I think that's awesome. And I think that will kind of do it for this episode. But I'll ask you the question I ask everybody that comes onto this podcast What is one piece of advice you would give to other young families? And it doesn't have to do with credit score or, you know, personal finances. It can be literally anything. I would say cherish the time you have as a family and spend as much time with each other as you can because that. That is the emotional gold. That's mm-hmm. that's really what you want to treasure and pile up. Yeah, I think that's really important, especially as we focus on finances and all that great stuff. There's a lot of other great things in life that have nothing to do with money. That's just time spent with family. So I think that's great, especially right around Easter. So yes. <laughs> spend time with your family and get together um, and have a good time. Marie, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowsman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.